0: Well, you all have the misfortune of coming to hear me preach on Father's Day because my kids are in South Jersey and i got no one to tell stories to today. <laughs> That's what dads like to do, so I'm going to tell stories. Um, I've got to confess, though, uh, I am a man addicted to having my desires satisfied as quickly as possible. Um, And I'll I'll tell you a story about how I've I've learned this about myself. Um, This is what always happens when dad tells stories. You young ones, maybe under 25, are just going to have to bear with me as I take a little walk down Amnesia Lane. if you ever once upon a time if you wanted to see a movie you had to go to a video store and get a VHS tape off the shelf. <laughs> now, I don't mean Blockbuster. I mean a local video store owned by a person who was probably your neighbor. And when you got there because it was a little tiny store, the likelihood was, especially if it was a really hot movie, that what you wanted was not going to be there. You'd go and there was a little tag on the shelf, and so you had to go up to the front desk and put your name on a waiting list. And when that VHS tape came back, you got to watch the movie, sometimes two, three, four weeks after you put your name on the list. Now, my mother thought this was great. This was a huge improvement over what she had grown up with. Because uh, when I was younger, before the VHS tapes came in, uh, when I was younger, I kept hearing from my mom about all the great Disney movies I had missed and would never get a chance to see because they would never be in a movie theater again, especially her favorite movie of all time, Fantasia. So when it came out on VHS... She didn't care how long she had to wait for it. It was a family event. We got it and rented and we brought it to the house and she put everything set up and she made popcorn for us. We thought it was great. Well, today I'm annoyed when Netflix doesn't immediately have the thing I want to stream. (laughs) Okay, I've just gotten very used to getting what I want when I want it. The late Carrie Fisher, the actress who just passed away a couple weeks ago, said, uh, I had this in a Reader's Digest quote, she said, um, the problem with instant gratification is that it takes that long. (laughs) And I can see by the laughter and the nodding of heads, you're all familiar with what I'm talking about. We all have this tendency to want what we want as soon as we want it. One other example, again, for you young folk, this will not be a sound you're familiar with, but for the rest of us, take a listen. That's when you got on the internet (laughs) that's an actual recording of an aol (laughs) dial-up i used to think that the road to hell was paved not with good intentions but with aol startup discs (laughs) that was and that was the most frustrating sound in the world because you desperately wanted to see that picture that took five minutes to download at that speed (laughs) and it was even more frustrating because by the time you heard that sound you heard this one a couple of times at least And today, I'm aggravated when I pull up my cell phone and I don't have 4G LTE. (laughs) Our tendency to want what we want when we want it has only been exacerbated by living in the modern era. We're used to getting what we want and so it's little surprise that we have less patience with others and with ourselves than we have ever had before. But patience is what is required by God. Not because He he is infinitely patient. It's required by us to see our own growth. And our letter to the church in Corinth today is meant to address just this issue. It has a lot of famous lines in it that people quote from Scripture a lot, but here's the one I want you to focus on. It's the one that the reading ends with It's this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Now this tendency to want things quickly and have immediate gratification is, is an old tendency. We know this because people in the Corinthian church were struggling with it. It's why Paul wrote this letter. And many of them misunderstood, that, and many Christians have since, misunderstood this line to mean that our sanctification is the same thing as our justification. Meaning, our becoming holy happens as easily as our standing with God and His declaring us righteous and not guilty. This leads to two twin errors, both of which were espoused by members of the Corinthian church. The first one was this. The first error is this. Christians, God's declared you're holy. You're holy. Everything you do is holy. Have no worries. If you do something, it must have been God's will. That's a good thing. A lot of Christians still believe this. Some Christians do anyways the other error it leads to is, well, you know, God likes to forgive sin, I like to sin, (laughs) it all works out, I'll just let my sin increase that God's grace may abound. (laughs) Paul addresses that elsewhere. And that's the other thing. We want it to be easy. We want us to have no role in our own sanctification. But our sanctification is precisely where God gives us a role to play. And what that role is, is is indicated for us in this passage and and in Jesus' passage, the passage where Jesus speaks as well. I want you to pay attention to one very small word at the beginning of that sentence I just read to you from 2 Corinthians. It begins like this. Therefore, Now, one pastor uh, that I respect said this to me, he said, "...whenever you see a therefore, you've got to back up a few sentences to find out what the therefore is there for." Because therefore means this is the conclusion of a line of reasoning. You've got to understand the reasoning to, to see what the sentence means... Now when we go back to what this leads up to this wonderful sentence about us being a new creation in Jesus Christ, what we see is a whole litany of changes that Paul and the other apostles have had to go through to become the people God needed them to be. First and foremost, they needed to have a change in regard to Jesus. They needed to stop seeing Him as merely a mortal man and learn to see Him as God in flesh. <coughs> then, they had to endure losing the respect of people whose respect they used to enjoy. This is what, when he says, if I seem like I'm beside myself, that's first century for crazy. <laughs> he had people who used to think well of him as a great teacher of Torah, now thinks he's a nut job. He needed to endure that change so he could think rightly in regards to God. He needed to learn to love these fellow sinners in the congregation and not just love them, but at the same time see them as dead. Dead in their trespasses so he could preach them to life. Paul had a lot of changes to go through and so did they all. And this is why he can conclude at the end of this, all of this litany of change, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Why is that the conclusion of his reasoning? Because there's no way, no way, they could have endured all these changes and really come to embrace what was insanity in the eyes of the world, but was the truth from God, if God had not made them something capable of doing that. If I give you, a, if I were to up period, have you been cleaning the, the uh, little maple helicopters off your car every morning? <laughs> Those little seeds doesn't matter how many times I plant it, it'll never grow into an oak tree. I need an acorn for that. You would never be able to embrace the gospel. You would never be able to grow into the likeness of Jesus Christ unless God had reached in and changed the very nature of the creature you are. And he did that by uniting you to his own son in the waters of holy baptism at the precise moment of Christ's death. This is why we are all to be regarded as dead. We are all regarded as dead because now we can live for the sake of something bigger than that little tiny universe called me. We can live for him and consequently we can give ourselves away in love to all those around us. Now when you plant a seed, I'm I'm a really bad gardener. I confess this. Um, Pray for my wife. This is the season she needs it. I'm only allowed near the garden when it's time to chop stuff down. Uh (laughs) My wife, when these seeds go in the ground, is good at cultivating them, good at taking the weeds out. I tend to pull the wrong plants. (laughs) She's good at pulling the weeds out so the plants have more room to grow. We can either hinder the growth that God wants, that God has rebirthed us, recreated us for, or we can cultivate it. To hinder or to cultivate are the choices, and this is where we get involved. The growth is all still God's, it is God's grace that helps the kingdom of God grow within us and around us and through us. But we have the privilege of pulling some of the weeds. we want instant results but God knows that slow growth is strong growth the best violins in the world the top of them is made from trees that are not just good but grown at the highest altitudes in the mountains Because they grow slowly and the rings are close together and only that way can the top of that violin project the most beautiful music to a full concert hall. Slow growth is strong growth. And that is the kind of growth God has recreated us for. And as the prophet Ezekiel offers to us, no matter how late we are in coming to that realization, we need never despair. Because God can take the branch at the top of the tree that seems least likely to plant a seed, take it and put it where it will grow and provide shelter for all the world. It's this passage from Ezekiel that Jesus is building on with his mustard seed story. What could God do with you, with us, in a day, in a week, in a month, or a year? I can't answer that. That's between you and God. And that's your question to answer what God's calling you to become. But I do know this it's less than what He can do in two days or two weeks or two months or two years so it behooves us to begin now making ourselves available to God and pulling the weeds out of his way so that the kingdom of God can grow within us and around us and through us in that way we can be a gift to those we love In that way, Holy Cross can be a gift to this valley and God's name can truly be glorified and His praises sung. Will you join me for a word of prayer? Mm -hmm. Heavenly Father, we do all want that instant gratification and so... I'll at least confess that I've been perhaps lazy in doing the things that would help your grace grow within me and around me and through me. Gracious Father, help us all to place ourselves at your disposal. Help us to be the gardeners we were created to be and recreated to be in Jesus Christ. You have made us creatures capable of, of growing into the likeness of your Son. Help us to do this with your never failing goodness. And this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Pray not be all else to me save that thou art. Be thou my best. In the day and the night Waking or sleeping Thy presence my light